Okay, here we go. The podcast is better. We are your hosts. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Should we say who we are? You are Dr. John Duffy. And you are Mrs. Dr. John Duffy, Julie <laughs> Duffy. Um, so let's talk for a minute. Oh, first of all, do you want to talk about the fact that you thought I had the Rona? Sure. No, what, but Thursday night? Yeah. Yeah, I just... Oh, you were doing your Instagram live and you were coughing a little bit. And then you felt, I thought, because, you know, we're all symptom scanning. I thought, does he feel a little warm? I thought for sure we would be going to a testing center on Friday. But well, I, I was super tired um, and I coughed a couple times. If you want to watch the Instagram live, fast forward to minute 43 <laughs> um, or so. You'll see cough number one. There's a couple other coughs. So it's a little alarming. But turns out, um, and Julie was up all night on Thursday, and I went to bed and slept for 12 hours, woke up, and did not have the Rona. Yeah, no, it was, um, I was sure. I was looking for sites, and I thought, we, you know, our vacation wasn't going to happen and all that. But, um, yeah, no, you were <laughs> totally fine. Yeah, totally fine. And actually, you took your mom to the dock the next day and actually got your temperature taken because you had to, to walk in and it was you were fine. Well, that was the first time I and got you the... you uh, literally didn't cough one more time after you went to sleep. I got up a million times. I slept in the other room, by the way, because we were just like, I don't know. It was weird. I, I, by the way, was... It's weird. I feel like I have an idea of what the Rona feels like because I've had clients who've had it and have described it. And so I, would, I knew I didn't have it. I was, as, you knew, as you think back on Thursday night, um, oh, dude, you, you, probably... you were so tired. You were not, you were uh, just a zombie. Well, I stand strongly against the coronavirus, and that's why I chose not to have it. <laughs> I, I was worried, and I, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it felt catastrophic. And I just went to sleep. And but and so I kept it getting felt up. Slumberific. To yeah, me. I I kept getting up and I was so excited every time I went to the bathroom and back into the room and didn't hear a cough. It was just like that was a win. <laughs> I'm like maybe maybe it's gonna be okay. That that probably leads us to what I was thinking we might talk about. Um, how think about a normal August for any of us, like middle of August and. What so there's a little bit of a dog days thing, but you're we might we're usually like on a vacation or something around this time of year, and so it's kind of fun and it's um it can be exciting. People and this are looking is that, forward to the beginning of the school yeah, year. Yeah, it's that back to schooly like where you it's kind of like bittersweet but kind of exciting. Um, like summer's coming to an end, new year. We got none of that. <sighs> Well, we got none of that because it's replaced with all sorts of different anxieties and concerns and questions and uncertainties, right? So it's a completely different kind of year, right? Where, you know, if you hear me cough once on a Thursday night, you're up all night wondering, do we have to go get a test for a virus, right? You know yeah. what I mean? That, that it's going to ruin our month of our lives. And... Um, and I think the the magic trick here, while we're all, I think, just based on my experience with a lot of people lately, 
really fatigued by this thing, like really exhausted and undeniably and heading into like this next, you know, clear phase of it. Right. You know, this back to school thing. It's so weird because up until a few weeks ago, these waves are so encompassing that you don't think about the next one coming. Like the back to school thing was kind of this vague idea in my mind in June and by the middle of July it was a tidal wave yeah. with every client family I was working with and everybody every therapist I was talking to we were writing to school boards we were writing to superintendents about making decisions fast and you know and I don't know as I sit here now I'm like there's probably a wave of concern coming after that and that's probably schools closing Right, so all the schools that are like shuffling to open in some form or fashion, um, you know, uh, I got a message from a kid at a university. He yeah. uh, got there yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one I'm familiar with, <laughs> and um, and he wrote me. Uh, he said, "Just putting my bags down, checking my email, got this," and it says. Uh, student already pe- tested positive. Six or eight other students um, restricted and quarantined. Don't unpack your bags. <laughs> so, and welcome this is to a college, kids. It's kind of being touted as having a decent plan, right? I'm. It's uh, yes. Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame, <laughs> and um, yeah, they plan enough to send everybody a test and a mask ahead of time. So everybody was tested a couple weeks ago, um, but clearly a student out of the you know twelve or fifteen thousand student body um, magically somehow caught the coronavirus, and who knows, maybe a second one will might get it even. So yeah, that's probably the next thing that's going to happen is we're all going to be back together again, you know, and it's going to feel like Groundhog Day. And we were just talking a minute ago, like. Where do, where do you find the silver lining in that and just not the, like, you know, my God, this sucks. And it's, it's so predictably sucks now, right? I mean, t- the, the year feels like it's to so many people such a bust that, that, that they're willing to, like, not just punt on 2020, but, like, really the first semester of 2021 is just, right. oh, it's not it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be good. Um, yeah, so how do we, like, rejuvenate a lot of kids a lot of parents you know i there are so many iterations of what school is going to look like and so it might feel you know there's a little bit to sink your teeth into for some people like maybe they're going to you know give it a whirl and move on to campus and move into their apartment or move into the dorm or um school's going to start at in you know in person at high school or junior high or, um so there's some it's, there's some juice there. There's some hope. <laughs> you know, there's some... Yeah, well, let's give this a shot. Some there's some light. energy behind yeah, that, there's right? Some energy. And, um, and it's different. No matter how it goes, right? You know, that's at least like, okay, if this lasts a day, a week, two weeks, we're giving something a shot that's different. And I totally get that, right? You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think it's easy to vilify a position here. Somehow, we, we th- this has all gotten so nasty and politicized um, but, and, and, you know, I think that this is one situation where 
I don't think there are any bad guys. Like you can look pretty hard, but you know, like I just think people are trying to figure this out as best they can and safely as they can. Um, you know, I, I think by and large, people are acting really earnestly in the best interests of everybody. And yeah. and as as a therapist, man, I can't remember being more torn about something. Honest to God, you know, like I think about being a superintendent of a school district, having all the the safety of all these kids and and then their families really under my, you know, my one decision, this one decision I'm going to make that could, you know, like, uh, I don't know what, infect the community, you know, like a big community or maybe not, fingers crossed. I don't know. You know, like, I'm not sure. um, I'm not sure what the other side of that is other than like a miracle, right? That, you know, like we made it through the semester. Whoa. Unbelievable. I mean, there's nobody. Nobody wants anything to do with any of this. Nobody wants this to be happening. Nobody wants our kids not to be in school. Nobody wants to not be able to hug your friend, me. Um, nobody wants to um, have to wear a mask, you know, to go in to get your groceries. Like nobody wants any of this. Um, yeah, but here we are. Yeah. So. It's probably time. Oh, um, d- listen to my energy. Oh my God, it's, um, it's waning. No, no, I know, I know, no. I. You had no matcha. This is the problem. I know. No, we had dinner um, with friends last night in their back, on their back patio. It was so fun. It was kind of one of the most normal things we've done. It was, um, you know, worry free. So. I had this moment, and I kind of just remembered today, and I actually started tearing up. But um, you know, these are really good friends, and we've done a lot with them, and had uh, so many memories in this house of theirs. Um, my fortieth was there. You, you, your book party was there. They've had a You're million 40? parties. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. My, um, they have a Christmas party every year, and I'm I always help with that. So I'm. I walk in their house. So we're all outside. That's what we're doing now, we're, which is great and works. So what we've been doing with friends is you sit outside and have your drinks and your food or whatever. And then when we go in the house, we put on a mask to go to the bathroom. So I was doing that. And as I, I'm walking out, though, it was something about, like, the carpet, the rug in the, in the back family room as I'm walking out. It, it, it just it was the moment where I felt how weird it was that I'm in this house where I've made so many memories with, you know, with these friends, I'm a potential pathogen, you know, and it, and I thought about it today, I was putting my makeup on getting ready and I just started crying. You know, I, I felt the same way when we first visited friends, like for the first time in quarantine, we went into the city for something. We stopped at their house. We were all in their backyard but I was, it was the very, very first one. And I was spooked and didn't know if I should pet the dog. And then I came home and cried. And so anyway, our, our really, you know, closest friend um, relationships are, you know, are kind of, are out of context and disorienting and different. Um, the same in a lot of great ways, but... You know, none of us really know what to do and what not to do. And and people have different levels of comfort. It's just, it's weird. And it's the thing that we, a lot of us lean into 
and the you know some of the most important things in life and and it's 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 all good but it's heartbreaking at the same time yeah yeah i mean you do appreciate those moments so, and was that super rambly no no it actually <laughs> it, 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 i think that's i think most people feel like you do you know what i mean i think that's actually pretty accurate that it feels odd to feel odd you know what i mean like in your friend's house where you've celebrated christmases and birthdays and all these things you feel like oh i'm a contaminant here like this this doesn't i don't belong here and i typically belong here yeah exactly right exactly i don't belong here and i typically belong here and yeah. it, it, this it, is one it, of my places it kind yeah yeah it kind of yeah it it was just like a flash and and i it was something to do with the rug as I'm walking out, I'm like, wow, this is so trippy. And that rug is probably really just very familiar to you, right? Yeah, it's no, like, it was yeah. just a, it was just a, yeah, and I thought about it today. And I um, think about, like, kids going through this stuff, you know, like, and, oh, yeah. um, you know, I've told this story about these boys who, you know, met um, to, for kind of a play date, and they were six feet apart, and this one kid, like, kept, was really upset at the end of it and wanted to just go home because he's like, I, I don't know how to talk to my, he was a middle schooler. I don't know how to talk to my friends. I don't know how to be apart from them and do something. I don't know what to do, what to say. So, you know, everyone's getting used to something that we shouldn't have to get used to, right? I mean, and um, and so I think I think the um, the magic trick we're going to try to perform here is how do you take this fatigue and this weariness and this element of nothing feels quite right still after all this time you know like so all this tra- oh, like you know yeah, ongoing months long well the traumatic all, effect the after all this time is part of the trauma is part of the um the fatigue and it's also pre-traumatic so we know we know it's after all this time but we also know it's before all Something this time else. that's coming yeah. we know more is yeah. coming right and so how do you you know, how do you rejuvenate? How do you, where do you get juice to think differently about what's coming so that it just doesn't feel like you're going to fall apart? You know what I mean? Because I think we all are a little raw, a little tapped out. And, um, you know, if we could be done with this and just press the button and say, okay, we get it. Whatever lesson we're supposed to learn, yeah. we're good. <laughs> we appreciate what life. Is we the appreciate. What lesson we're supposed to learn? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> uh, there is a lesson in this, right? You know, because m- m- most of the planet <laughs> decided it was important to be around people and to live their lives. And so they were willing to inconvenience themselves ever so slightly early on and wear a mask when they went out. And so they took care of each other in that yeah. way. And we didn't do this, right? And if you're looking for a variable, Dr. Tim Leahy, who I follow like, you know, um, a stalker, uh, would say, like, that's your variable. That's your sole variable. And he would say, like, even he, uh, all, even the infectious diseases guys weren't on top of that fast enough. You know, like, they, right. were, they were pressing distance and right. washing your hands, but they weren't pressing the mask early enough. In fact, Fauci did, in fact, say he didn't think a mask was going to be very, very effective in March. No, I remember... I, that that one video that gave me so much calm right before George and Lauren came, um, he 
was remember the guy he was like an, he'd been like on the front lines in the very very beginning in New York and he was crying he was emotional because he finally understood and his takeaways were he's like this virus is a, is a wimp so like wash your hands use hand sanitizer and don't touch your face that was his big thing and he said and it actually gave me um some calm at that at that time and some um you know, solid direction, but he said, I like the idea of wearing a mask just to train yourself not to touch your face, but but we didn't get it. I remember not... He didn't get it either. Right, right. I mean, yeah. so that, that I, I found some solace in that video too, yeah. but it just goes to show how little we know about this stuff, right? You know, like that here are people who study this stuff for a living, who didn't get the most obvious thing, right? You know that. Well, you it's know, a new thing. They were right. getting data, right, from different countries yeah. and people who had it before, and you know, I don't know. Well, we didn't do a very good job sharing data between countries, ah. but we're not, we're not going to spend too much time on that, right? Um, we are where we are. We're wearing our masks now, way more than we did before, and you know, let let's hope that we're on the back end of something in some way here. In the meantime. What do you do, Julie? What do you? Where do you get the juice to fire up for? Let's say you got a couple of kids in school, and um, you're not your your job is furloughed, or you're still on Zoom or whatever. What do you do to fire up for the next thing? What do you do? What do you do? It's a problem. Um. Well, I you know we we touched on you touched on in the last Instagram live. I do know some people that are doing some creative fun things. Um, you know, it is an op- it, it could be an opportunity to try something creative, entrepreneurial, like do something um, to supplement whether it's, you know, the fact that you're working at home or you're doing school at home. Um, I know a lot of people probably feel like, oh, yeah, whatever. I don't have the juice to come up with that. But, you know, we talked about um, actually our friends whose house we're at, we're at last night. Annabelle, their daughter, is in high school and she's doing... It's called at follow at tie-dye effects on Instagram. So she's making tie-dye t-shirts and masks, um, and she'll do custom orders if you know if you want a certain funny word on your mask or your t-shirt. Um, and she's giving all the money to a different charity. I think she changes charities once a week or once a month. So that's super industrious, and it's that's keeping her going. Her sister is um, an actress and she's doing these virtual princess parties for little girls Um, and actually a couple I think socially distanced in their front yard they have their whole front porch set up like a castle and little girls can come over and do a little dance with the princess and I don't know what else they do but um, and giving those actually proceeds to charity and then she might do uh some virtual um like little activity you know preschool activity classes for kids so there there are opportunities um and there's going to be needs you know you know that's just one of them like people with, with littles at home um you know if you are uh i don't know if you can teach a little teach a little singing group you know for kids or uh, a little art class or something. Um, there's going to be people that are home that need help. 
you know, expanding their lives and brightening up their lives. And um, so if you can think of a way to do that, uh, whether it be to earn some more some money um, or, you know, get an experience with something, that's one one thing to think about. Yeah, I think. Um, well, Did I'll, that make sense? <sighs> yeah. Um, I keep telling John, I feel like I'm losing my brain, my mind. He said today he had me count backwards by sevens from 100. I, I did really well, so I, I think I'm okay. But I and feel you like identified I can, the the elephant um, on the no, no, uh, cognitive no. test. So I feel like I can't. I feel like I be can't president. think. <laughs> Which I bet a lot of people feel that way. I think a lot of people feel that way. I will say this. So you were talking about like you know, um, it, it's hard for people to get in this creative space. But the truth is. Um, and I'll just speak from the experience of a therapist, right? When people protect an hour to just talk, um, you find that the human spirit almost um, unconsciously looks for, like, how can I make this interesting or different? Because people are uh, brainstorming now in sessions all the time. Like, you know, people are talking about parents, kids. They're talking about, like, all right, I get the deal that I don't get the deal. Like, there's a lot of, like, you know, um, I realize, like, relative to the serenity prayer, I have agency over only pieces of my life here. Um, what, in what ways do I want to exercise the agency I have? Effectively, people are, are thinking this way, you know? So, um, and... You have agency over a lot. First of all, you have agency over the tone of your home, right? So you can be grave and yes, heavy yes. and sad from the moment you wake up. You can be in this state of crisis and alarm, which a lot of us have spent the last several months in. Or you can shift to something that is like, okay, this is going to be an interesting day. This is going to be an update, upbeat day. And um, <laughs> one of my favorite lines comes from uh, Reservoir Dogs, which is a wildly violent early Quentin Tarantino movie. Yes. Um, where uh, right before a guy gets tortured, a Boy. guy, the torturer says, You know what day this is? It's Wednesday. It's anything can happen day, <laughs> which I think is a Disney thing. <laughs> but. I love anything can happen day. Like I love the idea of anything can happen I, day. That's a great that I that that I yeah that's a terrible um, context. But <laughs> I but love that's Tarantino being subliminal with you. We've yeah we just say that say that to George right. It's anything can happen day. Mm -hmm. I love that. I didn't tell him it was about a uh, torture. No, no 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 no. But it, it's true. Like any day, if you think about it, right now, any day is anything can happen day. So if, let's say, it's day three of school and some kid in school has a coronavirus and everybody has to come home, then you sit down and I think you take a deep breath as a parent, as a kid, as whoever you are, and start thinking like creatively, like, okay, so how do we want to do this? Like, you know, we, we know how this went. We, had, we have some practice effect. We've been here before a little bit and most of us didn't love it. So how can we make this interesting? Given that, let's say, if you are a student, the likelihood that you're going to spend seven hours a day and then a couple more hours later 
on school is yeah. probably not going to happen. So now we've got time. What do we want to do with this time? Can we do something philanthropic? Can we... Uh, or like get... Or what, what jobs? What jobs could... Yeah. Can we get a part-time get. job, yeah. right? A uh, friend of ours, their daughter got a job as a... Hostess. Hostess at a really, restaurant, Yeah, right? really hip, like rooftop groovy restaurant. Yeah. She loves it. Um, yeah, she's like one of our kids. Yep. Um, or, you know, like... Um, uh, I was talking to one of the kids last night, and they were talking about either writing, you know, like maybe I'll write some stories, yeah. or that her sister was saying, you know, um, I'm not very good at the guitar, but I have one, my mom's, and um, I'll learn that. I cannot tell you, by the way, just in the margins, how many of my kids that I work with are learning stringed instruments of some kind. <laughs> See, that's a it's, brilliant use of this time. It's a really good use of this time, right? Because this is something you can do pretty independently. You can, every, if you, guitar, ukulele, violin, viola teachers are available to you probably on a Zoom call oh, for yeah? that's a, a discount. <laughs> and, and, oh, right, that, that's, that's a great idea to take some kind of a, um, a supplementary like instruction or class, or like I said, Teach it. If you know how to play the guitar, yep. teach people how to play the guitar in Zoom or voice lessons or how to paint or, I mean, really, because there's so much, there'll be so much need for stimulation and it's new, there are kind of endless opportunities, even tutoring. I got, so, yeah. so um, there are. So I've been encouraging people that there's these classes. Um, what our favorite podcast, other than this one, is uh, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, and um, and he interviewed the oh, yeah. woman who teaches a class on happiness at Yale. So Yale and Harvard have the and Stanford all have these classes on happiness. They're the uh, most popular college classes, um, I think, on Earth. And you can just take them. And so I am working with two families who are taking these classes together. And even like and one of them has a um, 12-year-old, you know, like who's taking a class at Harvard. You know, like, how cool is that? Um, other families. So people are getting like kind of falling into things. And a lot of it is coming from parents who are willing to check in with their kids about what they're doing. Um, so one family I'm working with uh very frustrated with their kids and screens. And finally, you know, dad blows and says, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing right now on that screen to his daughter? And she was watching a TED Talk. And so they're like, well, we'll watch TED Talks, you know. And so they're watching a few TED Talks every night. And then, you know, they're just sitting around, like, talking about TED Talks, you know. And I recommended, like, well, watch Monica Lewinsky's on on, on shame and social media and, um you know, watch uh, Malcolm Gladwell's, and there, there's a million of them that are, watch Brene Brown's and talk about that as a family, and um, you can learn a lot. Watch some of the scientists, you know, and, and definitely um, the Freakonomics guys. Like, those, th there's a lot of really, really fun things that you can do to learn as a family, and, and as parents, it, it will blow your mind how smart your kids are, you know, in ways that you you just don't have any idea. So take the opportunity if you have more family time together here at the back end of the year like we did at the front end to avail yourself of that and get into it, you know, instead of 
instead of just going into this exhausted. And um, I, I guess the other thing I'm going to encourage that I'm, I can't stop myself from saying every time I'm near a microphone is don't just sit there. Like, don't just sit there, get up and move, run, run and move and ride a bike and move and play tag and move and figure it out. Go play soccer, go do something, get your kids out and you get out too. And, um, and, you know, make meals in the kitchen together, do stuff like this. There's a, and I don't know how long each episode is available, but there's a 21-day Chopra meditation, free meditation going on right now. <laughs> if anyone needs that kind of oh, your kids thing might too. your kids might lead the yeah. charge on this too, because more kids than adults I'm working with have the Calm app. Yeah, they're following LeBron's um, voice into the meditative mindfulness, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, or Headspace. That's another good one. So I had an interesting experience. I a friend of mine who wrote this amazing book called um, Auschwitz. <laughs> Whoa, three four two number three four two zero seven. That was his number, his tattoo, the Joe Rubenstein story. Um, she wrote that a few years ago, and it's done really well. And Joe was in several concentration camps. She met him when she was working at a retirement center. He'd never told his story. She saw his tattoo. She asked, can my daughter interview you? And he's like, no, you know, no way was he going to talk about it or ever tell his story. And somehow her parents ended up moving into the retirement center. And she went, she actually moved that was in Colorado, moved, came back to see her parents, ran into him, and he was ready to tell his story. Um, Anyway, she was giving a presentation at the Houston Holocaust Museum. It was virtual. And she just wrote me in the morning and said, hey, I'm going to be on tonight if you want to listen in. And I felt nervous because I've been so sensitive and emotional and raw. But I, I felt like I wanted to support her, and I just felt like, you know, it was it was interesting. She reached out to me, so I tuned in, um, and I it was so uplifting. First of all, you know, one of the things that was profound was, you know, this guy almost didn't tell his story because he thought it was going to be too awful and depressing. It wouldn't help anyone, and it's it's been. Um, an amazing gift to so many people. And one of the reasons, well, a huge reason is, is his experience was awful. He lost his entire family. But when he came out of it, he lived a very full, joyful life. He's alive. He's about to celebrate his 100th birthday. Wow. And so it was inspiring to hear his story to see pictures of him and hear his voice now and you know and he just reminds us you know what's important in life and that we have to be joyful and i i this is probably sounding really trite and yeah whatever and you know and i don't i don't always like that hey you know we think we have it bad he you know he was a Holocaust survivor, but well, I think I, that's a legitimate job. But 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 it, but I literally the next day I was so inspired and uplifted, and he was, um, I don't know, it gave me, it just got me out of my funk and reminded me 
about joy, which is my favorite thing anyway. And literally the next morning, like I, I, mornings have not been great for me. I wake up and I don't necessarily feel like initially, you know, the joie de vie that I, you know, might typically feel. But the next morning I woke up and I said, morning, Joe. Seriously, like I, I, cause I know he's out there and I know he's full of joy, even though he's been through, you know, just the worst things a human can go through. Um, and yeah, there, there's something, um, and he's, he's joy focused and choice in every day focused. And, uh, yeah, the, um, there, there's something about people who have been through the worst things, um, that there, there, there's something typically often very joyful about them. Um, the you, you're just, the story you're telling is eerily like uh, Victor Frankel's story, who um, wrote the first book I read in graduate school called *Man's Search for Meaning*. Um, Holocaust survivor, oh. um, effectively in solitary, alone for you know hours and hours and hours. He's a psychiatrist, and he developed a way of he realized like, oh, they can take everything for me. They can take my family. They can take the, the, the light of the sun away from me. Mm. Um, but they cannot take my mind from me. And so, um, there are elements of the book that are almost funny because he, here's a guy in an eight by eight by eight box and he's singing. <laughs> and so, you know, like, and probably frustrating the shit out of these Nazi guards, you know, because they, like, you were supposed to be quashing your spirit and ruining you. And, you know, what do you, and so he developed this therapy in there about, like, managing, uh, getting back to the serenity prayer, managing this element of your life you can control, which is the way you look at things, like that Wayne Dyer thing, you know, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah. And, um, and he just decided, like, okay, this is another day I'm alive. I can choose to be miserable in here or not. And maybe I'll get out of here one day. And this is, you know, so I'll just chalk it up. And, you know, and, and, uh, and that guy um, developed something, a, a therapy called logotherapy that um, arguably some of the therapies practiced today are based on. So if, the, if he hadn't weathered that storm and right. lived a, a uh, written his story, um, you know, we wouldn't have some of the tools we have today to help people through difficult times. And it's, I, I use that, that story and his thinking all the time, always to think about like, here's a guy who had agency over virtually nothing except what was in his mind, right? Not yeah, so we're, we're focusing now, it, it, it's easy to focus on all the loss and everything that we aren't in control of and how much of a ripoff this is, which it is, but we can't really, we're not going to weather it as well if we stay in that space. Well, I think, I think it's important maybe to think about this too. Oof. This is, this is like a cheese ball alert. I don't know where I'm going here, but hold up. Let me just try something. <laughs> I'm holding on. Okay. Um, Scott, get ready to just hit the erase button. Um, so yes, this is something that I think we all wish weren't happening. And yet, if you, 
if you have any belief that things happen for a reason, it's probably worth pausing and thinking about like, okay, it's awful. All these people have suffered. A lot of people have died, right? Families have, are, are, are suffering. What's, is there a takeaway here? You know what I mean? Is it just that like we need to be more appreciative of the people around us or, or our freedom or Definitely, something, right? Yeah. There, there, there's something in here um, that if we don't take something away from it, we're doing each other and everybody who's died and everybody who's had to suffer this thing a grave disservice, I think. You know what I mean? So like in order to honor loss, I think you have to figure like, okay, what what do we take away from it? You know, like I think about some of the losses I've suffered and there is, I've learned something from my dad and my brother and I, I think we need to learn something from the coronavirus of all things, you know, it's teaching us something. Oh yeah. For sure, so it might be worth a pause to think about that because part part of it what I'm hearing from some people is the fact that we're pausing the fact that it's like oh the way we've been living is crazy we're we, we've been moving non-stop we never stop to look at each other in the eye we never eat dinner together as a family like we need to change our ways right a lot of people are recognizing like you know and I don't think I have to go downtown every day <laughs> you know like right. I can probably stay home a couple of days or I could Work fewer hours. That's what I'm thinking. Yes, John. <laughs> you've done. You've just been slaying that working less thing. I have, just, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You're the poster child for that. Um, truly. So let's see. Does that, that's, I think that covers it. I don't know that we need to go any deeper. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You're not – do you think we need to do – we need more – No, 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 no. more I, joyful ending? I – um. Just, yeah, we just, we need to somehow um, self-refresh, um, <laughs> reboot, <laughs> reboot for the next thing, for the fall, for the, what's supposed to be back to school, what is back to school. It, it Well, it is back to school. It just looks different. And, um, yeah, I felt disoriented in my closest friendships because, you know, the, the, ways that we were able to, you know, effortlessly gather and, um, you know, travel and connect are, um, not there. And it's, 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 yeah. Okay. I have one more thing I want to, I want to throw out. So you talked about mornings being hard for you. Um, mornings are definitely the hardest time for me for sure. Um, and so, uh, almost instinctively I was thinking a couple weeks ago like mornings haven't always been hard for me you know like not not historically you know normally I'm just like go 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 and I'm not really but for a while for about two years I kind of religiously no pun intended did um, these meditations based on the Tao Te Ching um, that uh, Wayne Dyer wrote some interpretations of these yeah, you verses. mentioned that last podcast okay um so and i and i find that when i do that i i get to this place where i'm literally like on a beach seaside for 10 minutes while i read this thing and i can find my center and some energy and i feel different um so the name of the book it's it's the worst 
uh, name and the worst cover ever. It's called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Um, and Wayne's on the cover, and it's a terrible picture of him. And it's probably the most important book I own. And um, there's also the five-minute journal, which is good. You wake up. I mean, it's grabbing your phone, which kind of sucks. But you it starts – you put three – three things you're grateful for, three things that will make today great, and um, uh, a um, what, what affirmation, I am, that starts with I am. So that's another cool thing. But it, it is true. It is true. Um, if you sort of design your day first thing, set intention, picture something um, good, you know, bringing back it's anything can happen day in the best way uh you know we had a question on the instagram live which i get a mom's like i am already so stressed i lost my job i you know i don't want to i'm scared to move forward and just keep yelling at my kids and you know part of it is okay so say the thing that you want, you know, and, and not the thing that you're afraid or don't want. Like it's, you know, law of attraction in the, um, you know, the best way design picture it going, picture something, you know, miraculous and new and, um, you know, like open your mind to that. And you're, it's that much more likely to happen. Well, I have to start doing that. (laughs) And we're, we're, we're throwing a lot at the wall here. So effectively, I think we're saying be, be um, intentional and and conscious of how you handle these months, like and and the days, you know. Because let's face it, man. Every if we one thing you learn is every day is a gift, right? You know. It, so it's important yep. to recognize, like, okay, like you know, even if this isn't the greatest day I've ever had, I, it's a day. I get, I get it. I'm lucky to be here. Tab of the Brown is. It's, I, th- I think her Instagram is I am tap of the brown. She's oh, she's the best. And she just has this warm voice and this warm way of talking. Check her out. But she, I remember one day she said, said, you know, like, I'm so glad, grateful to be here. Not everyone made roll call today, you know. <laughs> so not everyone's here. Not everyone gets to be here today. You know, just this. Yeah, I just remember that. Just this beautiful way of acknowledging that. Not everyone gets to. Not everyone got to wake up today. It's true. I mean, so if nothing else, you know, you start um, and it's not easy, man. Um, It's simple, but not easy to start with gratitude. But that does carry you a long ways. Um, Yeah. So any of those ideas, which I think we tossed out about 30 of them. And that was free. Totally free. We're not even charging for this one. Free thoughts. Free positive ideas and thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, So... Yeah, let's make this uh, better. Whoa. Whoa. Man, there registered we are. trademark Boom. right there. <laughs> you kidding me? Bumper sticker, man. Just embroider that onto something. All right, you guys. Um, have a good week or two, and we will talk to you next time. Yep. Love you, honey. Bye. Love you.